Hello, my name is Elder Price, and I would like to share with you the most amazing book. Loathing, unadulterated loathing, for your face, your voice, your clothing, let's just say, I love it all. Alexander Hamilton, my name is Alexander Hamilton, and there's a million things I haven't done, but just you wait, just you. Hello everyone and welcome back to Next Best Theater. I'm your host Michael Schwartz and I don't know about you but I am still on a high after last night's Tony Awards. Today I'm joined by my equally excited hosts Nicole Ackman. Hi guys. And Dan Bayer. Hello everybody. So how are you both doing? Did you have a fun evening last night? Great. (laughs) Uh, It was quite late at night here uh, in London. I was up until about 4.30 a.m. But had a very fun time regardless. I luckily had a bunch of people back uh, in the U.S. that were texting me to make sure that I stayed awake throughout it and giving me their <laughs> live impressions. So that helped a lot with it. <laughs> you were a trooper, Nicole. I couldn't believe it. I was messaging you last night, and you were up literally throughout the whole night. Of you were. We were all chatting, and like I was surprised. And you were quick to respond, too, a lot, <laughs> like quicker than I was. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, the funniest part was that I did have to be at the National Theatre Archive today at 11.30 to do some, or at 11 to do some research, but, you know, everybody there seemed pretty happy, too, with the Angels in America wins last night, Yeah, a good place to be. (laughs) Yeah. You know, when I saw Angels in America, it was in a movie theater, and it was uh, broadcast from London, so it sort of all comes full circle here. It does. Full circle, now that I'm talking to you. (laughs) Exactly. We have a little representative where it all started. <laughs> so how about you, Dan? Did you watch with friends or did you go to a party? Um, I did. So I went over um, and my my bestie and I, who we were in college together and were dance partners in like many shows, <laughs> um, we watched t- together with her roommates. And okay. a good time was had by all, even the roommate's boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, my night was not as exciting as staying up through the night or watching (laughs) with friends. I spent my evening multitasking between the show itself and managing Twitter and talking to both of you and getting (laughs) ideas for uh, tonight's podcast. Well, someone had to do it. (laughs) So our goal is to make this episode a little shorter than Bruce Springsteen's performance. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see about that. We went on for about six or seven minutes. Seriously. We could talk a little more about what we thought with that later. But while the three of us often are in agreement about Broadway-related topics, I was surprised to see that we had such split reactions when it came to certain aspects (laughs) of the telecast. Yeah. Absolutely. So sort of start from the beginning, because this is going to be a pretty open conversation. The first instance of a disagreement came from our reactions to the hosts, Josh Groban and Sarah Borales. (laughs) So I want to give the floor over to Nicole, because I know she (laughs) feels pretty strongly about these two hosts, and start with you, and we can just sort of go from there. What do you think of... Groban and Morales. I actually have to say they are my favorite hosts, at least since Neil Patrick Harris. Agreed. Um, I felt like they did a really nice job of not trying to kind of steal the attention, which I feel some hosts do, um, while also showcasing kind of the work that's been on. And I love that they just kind of reveled in their own, like, theater nerdiness. It mm-hmm. Like, everything that they did felt so wildly relatable. Um, and I thought that they also, you know, I think uh, Sarah Bareilles was involved in 
a lot of the music writing for the night. I thought that there were some really lovely, touching, almost like tender songs that they did. Um, and I loved all of the matching outfits, especially like Sarah in those tuxes. God. <laughs> so how about you, Dan? You're pretty much in agreement with that? I Yeah, I thought they were ideal hosts. They kept things light. They kept things moving. They did a little bit of entertainment. But they never made it all about them. And I think it takes real talent to be able to do that. And I think that their chemistry was really amazing. And and like Nicole, I loved that they just like let their inner theater nerds loose. And that was sort of a theme for the evening and which made it like doubly perfect. And I don't know, like um, it's sort of like a, what came first, the chicken or the egg sort of thing um, with like, the theme or them or their like natural uh, uh, personalities, I guess. But I thought it was a great fit. I thought it, they were really fun to watch and I, yeah, I love them. And the two of them can just sing anything and make it sound completely dreamy. So I, I was here for, for that, for all of that. Yeah. So I don't want to make it sound like I dislike them, (laughs) but I just did not have the same enthusiastic response. I watched the show last night, and I watched bits of it again this afternoon. So we're talking maybe three or four hours ago, and Mm -hmm. I could not tell you any type of bit that they did that stuck to my memory. The chandelier bit was my favorite. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) They were charming. They were serviceable. They kept the show moving, which is all good. I just wish... For me personally, that I remembered more of what was happening. And I guess it's great for people who were involved in theater in high school and you get to see these people like who made it big in New York. That's all well and good. Mm-hmm. I, I just guess I respond more to Neil Patrick Harris doing that 2013 opening or James Corden doing the musical medley in 2016. I guess I was just so happy that it wasn't like... I felt both Kevin Spacey and Hugh Jackman kind of made it into something that was all about them yeah this was definitely better than spacey <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> anything hard. is better than spacey yeah. <laughs> uh, i think i do prefer jackman but it just might be a matter of individual taste like what they did was good i understand every move that happened it just won't go down in history as one of my favorite uh hosting pairs i was actually surprised by how natural the two of them were yeah and you could tell that they had a friendship they didn't just like throw these two people together yeah i mean like when when they announced that th- Sarah Bareilles and Josh Groban were going to be hosting. I sort of said, like, really? Oh, okay, I guess. And then, like, I was pleasantly surprised by how, like, just the whole thing, it seemed natural and unforced. Like, I sometimes felt like James Corden was, like, really, like, pushing it, you know? Right, but that's his shtick. And which is kind of his shtick, but it felt like it didn't really work. Like outside of the opening number, which I loved, um, I didn't feel that it worked. And with these two, it was just easy breezy, beautiful. You know who I liked a lot when they had Chris and Chenna with an Alan coming a few years ago, which was I the one that. ceremony in the past few years that I've missed. Oh, you missed that one. Okay, so what they did was it was a quick little opening, just like. Burrell and Groban did, mm-hmm. but theirs was more tied into Broadway history okay. than just these two people saying, hey, we were in theater and here we are. Mm-hmm. It was more like references to other shows and 
talking to people in the audience. I don't think they had a lot of audience interaction at all last night. No, but I don't need that. Yeah, I guess I'm just like especially on the Tonys, I don't need it. I generally don't need it at the other ones either, but particularly from the Tonys, I don't feel like I need that. I just really liked that focus, though, on the idea that like just by being there, just by making it to Broadway, Mm -hmm. you've already won. Yeah, yeah. Like, because I thought that was such a nice mentality to go into mm-hmm. the evening with. Yeah, it's like one of the really special things about the Tonys is that it really does feel like a community, and it's one of the only times that met most people who are watching it will get to see any of this work. And I love how inclusive and open it is, and I felt that they did a really good job of pushing that to the forefront. Yeah, and they sort of kept with that theme throughout the night. You didn't just have them talking about it in their monologue, or not the monologue, I guess their opening song. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> they, they had the hashtag where people could send in pictures of mm-hmm. them in high school productions. Which I did, which was totally cute, and I loved it. I loved it. yours, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yours. We could retweet that from the next best picture page. <laughs> now, Nicole, did you do theater in high school? I did. I was in at least one production every year of high school. I actually did tweet earlier in the week whenever they started asking for it. Um, my first ever production that I was in as a freshman in high school was The Water Engine by David Mamet. Oh, wow. Which is like quite something to start off your theater career with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, the pinnacle of my high school theater career was playing Alice in Alice in Wonderland my senior year. Oh, fun. <laughs> so the two of you really have a connection to theater and having been on the stage before. Yes, very much so. <laughs> Whereas I, in high school, I never acted in a production whatsoever. I would attend the school shows sometimes, but honestly, having gone to Broadway a lot and growing up near New York, mm-hmm. I would sort of judge the quality of these high school shows on the New York scale. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like They would ask me to write a review, as I would do sometimes. I would go to see the show, and I would go back to the editor and say, uh, if I'm being honest, I don't think I want to write this review anymore. <laughs> So, I know I'm terrible, but <laughs> so as I'm saying, dreaming, I'm thinking, hmm, do I send this negative email or do I just <laughs> let everyone have a good time tonight? <laughs> so I guess having that experience growing up sort of shapes uh, your reaction to last night's ceremony. If yeah. You, if you know Broadway more from the history and seeing the shows live in New York, that might draw you to a different type of hosting style. But if you're watching these people and feeling like, wow, that could be me up there, or I'm so happy people I know made it this far, mm-hmm. then it just it's a totally different mindset. And there's not one right or wrong reason. It's just, you know, different ways people look at it. So all in all, I guess they were good. I'm glad you two loved them. And I guess they set the tone for what was a good evening going forward. Yeah. And I did appreciate the reminder from both of them that neither of them have won a major award somehow. Yeah, not even uh, a Grammy. I was thinking about that. I was like, seriously, Sarah Bareilles has never won a Grammy. And it's true. And I'm shocked. Absolutely. I (laughs) couldn't believe that whenever I heard it. I was like, how have neither of them won anything? It made me feel better about myself. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> so, you have as many Grammys as Sarah Bareilles and Josh Groban. Yeah. Oh my god, combined. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so they, that was funny. And, you know, I'll skip ahead a little bit in the ceremony here, just because we're talking about the two of them. I thought of both of you when they had that Natasha Pierre reference. <laughs> <laughs> that I made so me cute. so happy. 
The show lives on. I, that's honestly, of course, Dan and I were going to like it. Like, we had our Pierre <laughs> up on stage. Yeah. Yes. Can you imagine if they had, like, Mandy Patinkin walk out dressed as Pierre? Oh, my God. Oh, that, ah. Uh, <laughs> if they had had Mandy Patinkin sing something, I, I may have died. Oh, <laughs> uh, what could have been? What could have been? Yeah. Well, going ahead, you know, I get drunk from the from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, but there was a lot going on in the middle, obviously. Yes. So, I guess uh, starting from the very beginning and going from there, we could talk about the winners because we had our predictions episode about two or three weeks ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and we all felt pretty confident about our picks. I mean, speak for yourself. <laughs> I did not feel confident about some of mine at all. <laughs> you know, Dan was telling me before we started to record that he listened to our episode again today. Uh, why don't mm-hmm. you tell us about what we got right and what we didn't get so right? Well... Um, we got most, we got the big ones right, except for Best Musical Revival. <laughs> yes. Which I think is funny because I know I wasn't predicting once on this island, even though it's what I wanted to be. Same. But I didn't feel like I could comfortably predict it and think that I was going to be right. So I was yeah. so thrilled, even though it was like, you know, a point off my ballot. <laughs> that was a shocker to me, but it wasn't at the same time. Because I really didn't think it was going to win in that category, but I thought they would send it home with something, whether it yeah. was scenic design or director, as I had predicted. Mm-hmm. So after it lost director, I thought, okay, they're not going to give it anything. And then when it ended up winning Musical Revival, it was a sign of strength for the show, and also probably a result of the two classic shows, My Fair Lady and Carousel, splitting the vote. Yeah. So I was very happy for them, because now all three of these shows have won a major Tony at some point in their theatrical life yeah and that was one of the reasons why i was really pulling for once in the sun to win that was because the original production did not win best musical yeah um and i it's one of my favorites you know what we talked about this a few weeks ago how i just listened to the album for the first time Mm -hmm. and was surprised by how much i enjoyed it yeah and just seeing the response in that room to how much people loved once on this island Mm -hmm. performance and hearing christine baranski read their name as the winner yeah there was some palpable love for that show in the room. Yeah, which is why I was surprised it didn't win more, actually. I'm so excited because now that it has this win, I'm hoping it's one of the ones that makes it until I'm back in New York in September and I can see it. Oh, I think it's going to run for quite a bit. Well, it's circling the square, so it's hard to tell. Exactly. <laughs> so, very happy for that show. Where it's one win out of eight nominations, but hey, it's Yay. a good one. It's, take one it's the big one. <laughs> so, as we... Uh, Say, when it comes to the Oscars, it grand hoteled itself, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was a big one. Uh, and I guess the other big story would have to be the band's visit, of course, which we predicted for musical, and Katrina Lank and uh, David Yazbek. Mm-hmm. But we thought, at most, it would maybe win four or five awards. It ended up going home with ten Tony Awards. It only lost one of the awards that it was nominated for, which was Scenic Design, which it lost to Spongebob. It's like, all my friends have Tonys except me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I saw the band's visit back in March. It is a wonderful, wonderful show. I listened to the album. I remember it fondly. Mm. But it surprised me that it kept winning all these awards, not because they weren't deserving, and they are deserved, but it's just very subtle and low-key compared to some of the competition. Yeah, and and even in that, like, subtle and low-key can win big at the Tonys, like, once, um, but it doesn't happen very often, 
and particularly when there are such, you know, grand, um, uh, big shows on Broadway as we have with um, Carousel and My Fair Lady and SpongeBob SquarePants and like all these, you know, big, clever, beautiful, well-designed shows, and the band visit just kept winning award after award after award, and I just kept sitting there going like. It was a very weird thing because it was unexpected to me that it was that it swept that big. But even in a surprise, it was like somewhat unsatisfying because it became clear really early on in the night that it was going to sweep. And I some of the awards that it swept, I honestly I mean, granted, you know, haven't seen it, but basing off of the shows that I have seen and what I know about the story and um, having listened to the cast recording, I, I don't think it deserved. <laughs> the one that really surprised me early on was Ariel Stachel for a supporting actor or featured actor, in and that was when I knew that it was going to that they were going to go big for it because, yeah. like you kept saying, like he's really good in it, but it's you know a quiet sort of low key performance and whatever. And I was like, well, if he's winning over Gavin Lee. And, and Norbert Leo Butts, and Norbert Leo Butts then they must have really loved this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to say, though, I loved his speech. It was definitely one of my favorites yes. of the whole night. And yes. I think yes. that what I've been saying all along was that I think that the band's visit resonated with Tony voters in a way that some of the um, other ones maybe didn't like Mean Girls and SpongeBob. And I think, especially if we look at the past couple of years, they've been very into, re- you know, kind of rewarding shows that are meaningful in some way. Obviously, Hamilton has a lot of meaning with all of its diversity and everything. Yeah. And then Dear Evan Hansen with everything that has to do with mental illness. And mm-hmm. I think that the band's visit winning is such a big deal for Middle Eastern representation because yeah. there are so few shows set in the Middle East other than things like, I mean, Aladdin maybe, um, if you even call that. <laughs> Bombay Dreams. <laughs> well, exactly. And it's interesting for me because there's a new musical that was just written by a West End performer who is Lebanese um, that's set in the Middle East. And so it's oh, cool. been a big topic of conversation over here as well. So it was so cool for me to get to see um, that that's kind of happening on both sides of the pond at the same time. So I think that that may have been part of what led to its big success is that Obviously, if you're going to reward one of these because you think that it's like important to the history of musical theater, the band's visit would be the way to go, if that makes sense. It's very much the show of the now. It's about mm-hmm. embracing art and culture and the differences that don't divide us, but the differences that bring us together. Yeah, it was a big political statement to make in right. some ways. And especially if you pair it with Angels in America, which is yeah. another big winner of the night as yeah. far as shows go. Yeah, and speaking of Angels in America, you have that and Harry Potter winning on the play side. And, and that's about two it. Park plays. <laughs> yeah. And then the two musicals, Band's Visit and Once on This Island, are both 90 minutes without intermission. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maximalist plays, minimalist musicals. Yeah. Tony Awards 2018. <laughs> so, when people see that the Band's Visit won 10 Tony Awards and the tickets, the prices of the tickets skyrocket. I just don't want people to be disappointed that it's not what they're expecting. It's very strange. Because it helps to go in with low expectations and know that this is something, there's not going to be a huge tap dance with four legs like Squidward. (laughs) That's not happening in the show. I don't think they even really dance in it. It's very low key. 
It's about people having conversations and life. So I totally recommend it to everyone, but just know what it is before you go. Yeah, I think it makes sense, though, with, like, we saw last year that, like, Come From Away got some recognition at the Tonys, mm-hmm. and it's getting a West End transfer. Yes, I just saw that shortly. And so I think that maybe that's something that people actually are kind of gravitating towards right now, is kind of smaller-scale musicals that really concentrate on people and storyline and meaning, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in terms of Tony voting. <laughs> well, it was interesting to me being at at the at my at my Tony viewing. Um, there were, there was a good range of people who had seen stuff and who hadn't, but we all knew people who had seen everything, and the reaction to the band's visit was by far the most divided. Ooh between all the people we knew. Like, some people either really loved it or really disliked it. I don't think there was any, like, hated it, but, like, thought it was slow or boring or just were just generally unimpressed by it. And whereas with the other ones, everyone either really liked or kind of liked, but Ben's Visit, it ran the full gamut. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that all my fellow Jewish friends like the band's visit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like that's in our DNA. Yeah. I have a friend who has now seen it like eight or nine times. Oh, wow. She just keeps going back because she's a huge Katrina Link fan as well. So, like, I think that's part of it. Oh, well, Katrina Link was, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, obviously, I don't want to, like, talk about that now because I know we're going to talk yeah. later. But, oh, my God. And the reaction to her winning... Um, mm-hmm. Best actress, I thought was just beautiful. Like everyone seemed so genuinely pleased for her yeah. audience. And after that performance, how could you yeah. not be? Oh God, yes, yeah, for sure. So that's it for the band's visit. Ten awards. Uh, maybe we should just go through them for everyone. It won best musical, best actor Tony Shalhoub, best actress Katrina Link, best featured actor Ariel Stachel, uh, best book of a musical over Mean Girls the musical. That was another sign that it had a lot. Uh, what else did it win? Best Director, David Cromer. Best Lighting Design. Uh, best Sound Design. Best Score. Best and... Orchestrations. Yes, Best mm-hmm. Orchestrations. Is that 10? I think it is. Yeah, I think that was it. <laughs> so there you go. Overtook a lot of heavy hitters, and it is one of the few shows in this uh, century so far to win Double Digit Tonys. It joins the producers, yeah. Billy Elliot, and Hamilton. Wow. Which is crazy, right? So the band's visit now has more Tony Awards than the Book of Mormon. I thought you were going to say great comment, and I was like, please don't get that in right now. (laughs) (laughs) So quite the achievement for the little show that could. Yeah. Uh, What else do we have here? We already talked about Once on this Island. Uh, You know, I had mentioned Tony Shalhoub, and we all saw that it was going to happen where it nearly swept by the end. Mm-hmm. Were we still surprised that Tony Schlub won over Joshua Henry? Because I sort of was. I was very surprised that he won. I, like, I think I commented on Twitter, like, I get that he's Tony Shalhoub and we all love him, but Joshua Henry sang that soliloquy. And I was... In that style. I mean, anyone could sing a soliloquy, but they can't always sell it. And I was, like, I was a bit livid um, that Tony Shalhoub won for a lead actor in a musical, but 
basically does not sing right. in he that not show. Have a song in the show, aside from like a few moments of humming something or yeah, something like that. It, like it makes me irrationally upset. But let's go into a little more detail about that because I'm interested in what the both of you think about this. When you have a category called best leading actor in a musical, the show is a musical. People do sing in it, but he might not be one of them. Yes. So if the performance is good enough on its own, not talking about singing ability, just it's a good dramatic performance, how do you reward that for a show that is a musical by keeping it in the category? Or do you have to create a separate category for it? I'm interested in hearing what both of you propose. Personally, I kind of think that anyone who doesn't sing in a musical, like no offense to Tony Shalhoub, mm-hmm. but shouldn't be eligible for best yes. performance in a leading role. Maybe they should be... Per- eligible instead for featured but to me it feels a mistake to pit something like tony schlub's role against you know some of the roles that the other people in the category were playing yeah i mean it's an entirely different kind of performance and not just because it's you know more dramatic i mean and and not even at that like Joshua Henry is just as, you know, has the same sort of, or a dramatic and oftentimes quiet arc um, in Carousel. But it's like the, the type of acting you have to do when you are singing and, or, and dancing or even not dancing is very, very different than the type of acting you have to do when you're not. Because not to always go back to London, but this happened at the Olivier Awards this year as well, and a lot of people yeah. have been out of shape about it because actually an actor who was nominated was for, um, I think, Girl from the North Country, and he literally didn't sing a single line in the show. Um, and so there were a lot of people, myself included, particularly because there were so many eligible yeah. uh, men for Best Actor in a Musical who didn't get nominated, mm-hmm. whereas this year, obviously, it was just poor uh, Paul Alexander Nolan. <laughs> poor Paul Alexander Nolan. But <laughs> Poor Paul. Um, <laughs> But so a lot of people were saying, like, it really sucks that that spot was taken from one of those other men in one of these really great musical roles. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, like, I don't know that there's a really good way to go around it because I'm sure that, like, someday there will be, you know, an absolutely, like, tremendous performance that someone gives in a musical without singing a note. And maybe Tony Shalhoub is that performance. I don't know. I haven't seen it. This is really it. I can't talk about it in detail because it would spoil a lot of what happens later in the show, that there's a revelation about that character that comes out and builds up a good amount of the emotional arc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people should see it for themselves, but just know that what he does through glances and silence is tremendous in its own right. So maybe you give him a special Tony Award if you feel that strongly about it. But, you know, I don't have such a huge problem giving him this, as much as I would have loved to see Joshua Henry take it, it's still great acting in its own. I think my issue is less with Tony Shalhoub getting it and more with the principle of it, because obviously sometimes it's completely deserved. But it's, you know, I think the principle of it bothers me more, and it's just that Tony Shalhoub has made me think about it. Yeah, (laughs) exactly the same thing here. And, like, you know, people have gotten upset a lot, like, over similar, like, um, I mean... For example, and this is like going back decades and decades, but um, 
in a chorus line, they specifically beefed up Donna McKechnie's role so that she would be eligible for lead actress as opposed to featured actress in a musical. Because there are all these rules about, or at the time there were rules about like how much you were on stage to determine whether or not you were lead or featured. And that's one of the reasons why Music in the Mirror uh, is such a long number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love stories like that. Same. And, and like, end up. It, it's, it's sort of that thing. And, like, like, you know, like, maybe, you know, I have no problem with that because I happen to adore Music in the Mirror and that whole sequence of that show. And I basically think Chorus Line is a perfect show in general. <laughs> but, like, it's those kind of things where, like, you're playing the Larder of the Law, but kind of not the spirit. And I feel like this is not playing to the spirit of awarding a performance in a musical, even though it is technically a performance that someone gave that was very good that was in a musical. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah fair enough. And this will stay up for debate for a long time. I hope other people chime in. Or it was it was also like when when Contact won for best musical. Yeah. Contact is not a musical. It's a dance concert. Right. <laughs> There's no the singing this that a special event category. Yeah, exactly. So, we will see. The other big thing that I wanted to talk about was Laurie Metcalf getting um, featured actress in a play. Because I <laughs> Doing what the Oscars couldn't. Predicted that. <laughs> now, there are a few different theories. Some people will say it's an Oscar makeup. Some people will say it's a reward for Roseanne being canceled. <laughs> but what I think happened here was a split between Denise Gawk and Susan Brown. Yeah. That's what I was going to say, actually. Which... I mean, coupled with the fact that it's Laurie Metcalf. Right. So, like, you can never rule her out. And I don't know if the both of you noticed, but the camera was on her all night. <laughs> yeah, and she looked that. like she was enjoying herself and, like, had, was just having the best time the whole night. I loved it. The camera people were also Laurie Metcalf fans. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves her. When they had the goat during the Once on This Island number going down. <laughs> I, that was the best part of the show. <laughs> yeah, and Nathan Lane didn't want to be there. I didn't realize until this morning, Laurie yes. Metcalf was sitting behind Nathan Lane yes. smiling the whole time at the goat. Yes. She was living for that goat. <laughs> she was. And had the goat come up to her instead of Nathan Lane, she would have fed it. Yeah. I have no <laughs> doubt. So I was very happy for her. I didn't get to see three tall women. And part of me thinks they may extend it because it won two big awards last night. And dead. Hers and hers, Tony's. So if that cast is willing to stay on and they have the theater space, I mean, that might be really good for their box office. Yeah, I really, I was really upset that I didn't get to see it before the Tonys, and now I'm like, well, I'm probably not going to get to see it now because everyone will have tickets. But so we'll see. Featured actress in a play, and then you go to featured actress in a musical. No surprise that Lindsay Mendez won. Yay! Oh my gosh! I love that so speech. Moving. So moving. Just talking about how she didn't change her last name mm-hmm. and how Broadway is so inclusive. That's what the whole night was about. It wasn't just people achieving their dreams and making it to New York. It was about understanding that the Broadway community is different than, say, the film community or the television community. I mean, those are industries on the West Coast, for the most part. The Broadway community is about 10 blocks in Times Square. (laughs) People know each other. Yeah, It's so Mm tight-knit. Like, I don't even live in New York, but when I go there, I feel like I'm a part of it for a day. (laughs) Everyone is so close with one another, and you could just feel the warmth in that room. So her talking about 
how it stands for so much and how we stand for diversity and inclusion and all that great stuff. It just was really, really nice to hear in such divided and politically charged times. Absolutely. I would agree with that. And I think that was a theme throughout a lot of the speeches. Yeah. You know, people who maybe didn't think originally that they would be able to achieve the dream. Right. Making it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say, like, as much as I don't agree with his win, Tony Shalhoub's speech was beautiful and like almost made me cry. Same with Ariel Stachel's. Like I thought yeah, that oh, speech was He was my so favorite speech beautiful. of the night. Like Same, really. I mean, I was so happy for him. Like, you know, to win the Tony in your Broadway debut and to, you know, have that moment, you know, you nationally televised. <laughs> it was gorgeous. Yeah. I would suggest anyone who hasn't seen the band's visit go to uh find a copy of the album mm. and listen to the track where uh Statchel's character sings about love. Mm-hmm. It's his highlight in the show, and it's really the only thing I left thinking about after seeing it. And I guess it stuck with enough people the same way it did with me to push him over the top for that win. Yeah. So between hearing that song again last night and that speech, it just really made me admire him as a person and make me excited for what he's doing next. Yeah. So what else do we have? That pretty much covers it with the musicals. Uh, My Fair Lady took home costume design. Which no was, like, there. not a surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was surprised it didn't take scenic design, but I guess SpongeBob as well. I was very design. happy that SpongeBob got scenic design, because very deserved. David Zinn is a fucking genius. And I, yeah, that show is so clever with this stuff. They, I mean, the scenic design is really, really amazing. Yeah. And I think that we knew that one of the design awards was going to go to SpongeBob. We yeah. just mispredicted which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of like, if there's one of the ones that I'm salty about <laughs> it, and again, like with the caveat that I haven't seen it, but like having seen the movie and knowing the story, I'm a little like, I look at, the band's visits wins for lighting and sound design with a little bit of a side eye. <laughs> no, the the lighting design is really great. Yeah. You have the really bright bus station mm-hmm. and then there's a scene that takes place in like a roller rink or disco club, something like that. And the way that they work the lights there is really impressive. Okay. So that's one of the things you just sort of have to be in the room to understand why. <laughs> but sound like, is that just because of, like, the band performing on stage? Like, I don't know enough about the technicality of sounds to understand what makes a pure winner here. <laughs> but I will say I was sitting in the very back of the room mezzanine when I saw it and could hear every note being played. So if that's any factor, more power to him. I mean, were there any sound effects, I guess? like uh, Sound effects. Uh, I mean... You're asking me to go back three months here. I know, I know. It's so... <laughs> but, like, Nothing yeah. Nothing memorable. I know SpongeBob has a lot of them. So Yeah. Uh, that's up to the voters. That's on their... Those is my thing. I'm like, really? Sound design? <laughs> uh, and then to go back to the plays for a minute, I know we're not spending so much time talking about them because Laurie Metcalf was pretty much the only surprise. Yeah. Everything else was Harry Potter sweeping all the technical awards. I, I loved... Um, Although I loved um, Nathan Lane like getting emotional when he was thanking his husband, which made me tear up a little bit. Yeah, Nathan Lane's third Tony Award. <laughs> I know. Deserved. Well deserved. Uh, Glenda Jackson. Hey, she seemed uh, pretty happy to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, she has now won the triple crown and like so deserving. Yeah. 
See, there were two triple crowns this weekend. Glenda Jackson and uh, the horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, justified. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm so sorry. I do not remember who it was, but while we're talking about, um, you know, reactions and speeches and things, who was it that made everyone sing uh, Happy oh, Birthday? Uh, John Tiffany, the director. Yeah, John Mark. Tiffany. Yeah, because was anyone else, like, cringing? Like, I was so horribly uncomfortable during the entire I was, I was like, that was one of those things where it's, like, John Tiffany's boyfriend, like, getting the best, I mean, like, you have Tony winners serenading <laughs> you with happy birthday. Like, it just doesn't get better than that. Yeah, but at I the same time, like, it's on national television. Yeah. At the same time, it's, like, incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel so bad for this poor man. Not only are you in a giant auditorium, you are on national, I'm sorry, because Nicole's in London, global yeah. television. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just thought I that was, to... like, it was very cute, but it also was kind of painful. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that was very cringy in a good <laughs> way, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. That's what the Tonys are about. You can't do that anywhere else. No. No, <laughs> no you could not do that anywhere <laughs> else. It's true. Oscars, like, Merle, start singing. <laughs> <laughs> only Ellen could get them to do that. that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was a good television, though. It was. Uh, Harry Potter wins Best Play and all the technical awards. Angels in America, as we said, Nathan Lane. It wins Best Play Revival. Andrew Garfield started off the night winning Best Actor. Mm-hmm. So, all expected. I think people were expecting, as we said, uh, featured actress as well. But, you know, can't argue with Laurie. Never. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> so, Angels in America is there for, I think, another couple weeks. So people should really go check that out. It's uh, through, I think, July 15th, I want to say. Somewhere around yeah, there. I'm in July. It was great to see Tony Kushner on stage. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they do another uh, re-screening to cinemas of the NT Live recording of it, now that it's done so well. Yeah, because it's been about a year since they last did that, so now they exactly. have the Tonys to add on. Yeah. So Tony Kushner was great last night. Loved that so much. <laughs> Always great to see him. Talking about the three dates, uh, when Angels closes, when the midterms are, and that it was Judy Garland's birthday yesterday. An iconic moment, honestly. <laughs> An obviously very iconic moment. I was gagging. I was gagging. It was amazing. You can't have the Tony Awards and not acknowledge that type of history. Exactly. That's what it's all about. <laughs> mm-hmm. It all comes back to Judy. It does. It really so, does. I guess that covers all the winners, but the show doesn't end there because a good portion of last night's telecast was all about the performances. So we had, I think it was 10 performances, all of the nominated musicals for uh, Best Musical and Best Musical Revival, along mm-hmm. with Summer. And then Springsteen came on. We'll get to him in a few minutes. <laughs> and then we had something with Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. We also had the high school choir yes. performance, right? Can we start with that, please? Yeah. Let's start with that because there were a few other special things. So the Parkland School Choir came to perform mm-hmm. in a moment that I don't think there was a dry eye in the house or anyone in front of a television. No, nope. absolutely. And the soloist in it, I found out afterwards um, <sighs> from some friends, is going to be a BFA musical theater student at Elon University, where I attended oh, wow. uh, yeah. this coming year. Which also, fun fact, is where Taylor Trench, who's currently playing Evan Hansen, and Barrett Wilbert Weed, who is Janice and Mean Girls, went. So it was a very yeah. proud night for Elon. Awesome. Very exciting. Yeah, we were 
thrilled. We're thrilled to have her. <laughs> and that was, I, I started tearing up from basically when they first started talking about giving the special Tony to um, the drama teacher from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. And then they announced that the choir would be performing. And I was like, oh, no. And then they started, literally, they started playing the opening chords to Season of Love and just like the tears. I feel like that is also one of flowing. those like, iconic opening chords to yeah. a song from like all of musical theater canon so i feel like everyone immediately heard that and like the tears Mm -hmm. just started (laughs) yeah it was such a beautiful wonderful moment and like i was literally i was like i was cheering them on through my tears like yes especially when the soloist started i was like yes you take that tony moment girl like you make this you take this and you do it and she did it. I honestly don't think that's the last time we will see that girl on that stage. No, not at all. Yeah, for some of those kids, it's like a bright future ahead. Yeah. And that was like, and when I, someone had posted on Twitter, and I couldn't agree more that like it was so meaningful to be singing that song because basically gun violence is, you know, to today what AIDS was to the late 80s, early 90s. I that. That was and I was like, that so is so dead on. And like, I don't want to make this a political thing, but like, yes. And that made me love that moment even more. Absolutely. They were great. They just hit every note. They were total pros. And yeah. They made me tear up at a song from a show I don't even love. <laughs> they did their job well. Yeah, they were great. Fantastic moment. Uh, speaking of political moments from last night, <laughs> you all know where I'm going to go with this. Yep. Our friend Robert De Niro showed up, <laughs> and we weren't quite sure what he was saying at first. Oh, Lord. But knowing De Niro and knowing how he feels about this current administration, <laughs> yeah. you could sort of tell what it was about. Yeah. Was <laughs> Until our friends over in Australia, our friends from Down Under, <laughs> had uncensored video of him. I love that. I don't need to tell you what he said. It's already out there for everyone to see. Yeah. But, you know, I have my own feelings about this. I feel like the more celebrities trash talk our horrible administration, the more it sort of rallies his own base. So I don't yeah. necessarily helping aside from getting people to stand and agree with what they already thought. Yeah. But, you know, I guess it makes for good television for half the population. Well, and if there's a crowd to say that to, I think it's definitely. <laughs> yeah. The um, Tony's. <laughs> yeah. Not that I disagree with what he's saying. I just, I just hope it doesn't harm the cause. <laughs> Yeah. Because I think there is potential for that. But, you know, he's Robert De Niro, and no one's going to... Nope. He can do what he wants. (laughs) Yeah. He's proven himself. He doesn't need to prove anything else. Since we're talking about that, um, he was there to introduce Bruce Springsteen, um, (laughs) which I'm sure was the most divisive moment of the evening. Yes, divisive is the word for it. Because... And I was like, and it, but it was interesting because that, um, coupled with the carousel number from earlier in the evening prompted a really interesting discussion amongst my group that was watching the Tonys about what performing at the Tonys means and what makes a good selection for what to perform on the Tonys. Right. Um, I thought that this, well, first of all, it was why are we giving up six minutes of airtime for a show that 
frankly, does not need the publicity that a spot on the Tonys offers because it has been selling, like, sold out, you know, past its original run. It does not, like, it It has sold and it is still selling. It does not need any help from the publicity boost that performing on the Tonys needs. And also it's six minutes long and really important awards, namely best score Mm -hmm. of a musical were handed out and not televised. That was my problem with it. I think they should have chosen whether or not yeah. to have him accept the award on air mm-hmm. or do it before. But to have him accept the award and then perform, they should have chosen one over the other. Yeah. And I did like his performance. I thought Bruce was great. I'm not some diehard Springsteen fan, but I do like his work a lot. I like seeing him. And it's very rare when he does a television appearance. So yeah. Have him. I guess it was just CBS trying to do something for the ratings. Personally, yeah. I was so bored. I was like, so bored as well. I, starting yeah. out, I, I have nothing against the idea of him performing, because obviously he's in a show on Broadway right now. Great. Although I was kind of salty, because I was like, you could have shown, you know, the acceptance for Best Book. You could have let yep. one of the other major musicals that's on right now, like something like Escape from Margaritaville, mm-hmm. perform, even though they're not nominated. Um, but instead we got, like, I thought he was, I honestly, I was like, is he ever going to sing? Um... Because when he started singing, I was like, okay. Well, that's what the show is. It's him telling stories, and then he sort of ties it into a song for a little bit. It's not a big rock concert. I right, just felt, but, though, that it was like, not the time or the place for that. It's like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to have Springsteen deliver a five-minute monologue and one minute of singing, why aren't we having, you know, a scene being performed from the nominees for Best Play? Precisely. I would have loved to have instead seen, you know something from one of the best plays or yeah honestly it just felt like a waste of several minutes to me like even if he just cut that down to half that time i would have been more okay with it yeah it was just it went on for too long without something happening and i if that kind of moment works very different in the context of a show than it does in the context of an awards show i spent the first three minutes trying to figure out what he was talking about And then I gave up. (laughs) Yeah, and I got that. Because the whole thing was like, well, what song is this going to lead into? What song is this going to lead into? And he he kept talking for five minutes. And I'm just like, this this is not what we're here to see. (laughs) It felt to me like if a musical came out, you know, that's not sung through, and did one of their scenes, and then did a little bit of one of their songs. Like, that's, that's my issue with it. It's like, that's just not what this is for. I can't say I was bored, but I do agree that it could have been cut down. That's that. You know, Bruce doesn't need our sympathy. or Get that out of the way. No, clearly. (laughs) I don't think he'll be listening to this. (laughs) And if you're listening, Bruce, we love you. Yes. So, anyway, that covers that. Uh, What else do we have? Oh, uh, other honorary awards went to John Leguizamo for his Mm -hmm. uh, show Latin History for Morons. And then they also presented awards to... Cheetah Rivera and Andrew Lloyd Webber, which then led to a little musical medley with Groban and Morales. <laughs> the strangest it. musical That's medley so ever. Oddly paired. You know, they've never done a show together. 
And it was just like, it wasn't even them doing a medley of songs. It was like little clips, and then they would stop the clip to have one of them sing a line. That was the strangest moment of the evening for me. Like Josh Groban doing Kiss of the Spider Woman. And yeah. <laughs> Sarah Bareilles did Chicago, and uh, I don't even know what. It was it. honestly so bizarre, but also I got to see Josh Groban sing part of All I Ask of You on like live television, so yeah. I was really happy. <laughs> it was the strangest combination. Like, I... I understand what they were going for. I don't think it worked really well. I felt like they should have done one and then the other, and it would have been fine. It was the uh-huh. combining Angela Weber and Cheetah Rivera that just didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. And then they came out to present awards, and I was disappointed that Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't present with Patty LuPone. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, that should be the next season of Feud on FX. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> But the two of them came out. I don't know what history they have together, if they even have a history, uh, Cheetah and Andrew Lloyd Webber. I think they do. But, you know, it was fine. Uh, <laughs> just that medley. We're going to go back and watch that in a few years and think, why were they doing this again? <laughs> yeah. Again? <laughs> but that's the beauty of the Tonys. Some things are not properly thought out, and we're better off for it. Yeah, and so as Nicole said, we did get Josh Groban singing All I Ask of You and Sarah Bareilles singing All That Jazz. Oh, I was literally so, just you know. thinking, but Sarah Bareilles singing All That Jazz was worth the rest of it being weird. Like. Yes! And I was sitting there going, like, damn, she really can sing anything. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Kiss of the Spider Woman, what do we think of a revival with Katrina Lank? Yeah. Yes! I'm all in. <laughs> I, I like the second you said that, I was like, it, it that needs to happen. Like someone needs to get on that. That is one of the great, like lost great Please musicals. Know, actually, after you said that in our group chat last night, I put it into, I was in a, a group chat with basically a bunch of theatery people in the UK who were staying up for it. And I was mm-hmm. like, Hey, my friend suggested this and they all were on board. So yeah. there we have all of our investors. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some money. Let's get this. Let's make it happen, people. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What other behind the scenes stuff? Oh, Rachel Bloom. (laughs) Do we have to? We'll do this very quickly. (laughs) Rip it off like a band aid. (sighs) So, Rachel Bloom was doing her crazy shtick before commercials. Mm -hmm. You know, she was backstage talking to people. And on Twitter, Neil Patrick Harris, former host of the show, tweets something like, Hey, who's that lady with the big hat? And then Rachel Bloom responds during the show saying, we've met many times before. My husband wrote for How I Met Your Mother for five years. I, ooh. The, um, but, but no, but you missed, you left out the important part where she says that, like, that Neil Patrick Harris, like, his son kept saying that she just says like and yeah a lot. Okay. Which, to be fair, she does. <laughs> Which, she does. And she, but, you know, and she's doing it off the cuff, so, you know, that can happen when you're working without a script. I, I didn't think her bits this year worked as well as they did last year when she did it. Can we talk about when she said, like, Happy Daddy's Day? Because <laughs> I wanted to, like, open up the earth and crawl into it. <laughs> that was simultaneously awesome and terrible. I, I was just like, please, can we not do this here? <laughs> I like, but the, like, how could he, how can he serious? Does he really not know who she is? Like, there's something going on there, and we have not heard the end of this. Yeah, story. I. That's actually the next episode of Feud. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Feud, Bloom and Harris. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Well, on to the actual performances that we saw during the yeah. broadcast, not the performances online. Uh, <laughs> we have. Uh, let's just go in order of the shows. The band's visit. They did uh, Omar Sharif, 
which is not a big showy number. It's a showcase for Katrina Lank. Yeah. And an opportunity for Tony Shalhoub to respond with his facial expressions. <laughs> you know, there's not one number that it's a big ensemble piece for that show. Yeah. So I guess they just want to highlight the two acting winners. Or two of the lead The two leads. They don't have a yeah. Ariel Stachel in that bit. So I thought that was appropriate just for the two of them. Mm-hmm. And she's great. I was enthralled. I It was. Like, I could have watched her for another hour and a half. I would have rather seen her do that again than see Springsteen. <laughs> yes. And have her just do it solo. <laughs> another song in the show, very similar to Omar Sharif. It's called Something Different. Mm. So if you like that, I would recommend listening to Something Different. And I did see someone put on Twitter, this is very funny, they said... Yeah. Uh, the types of sexual orientations are gay, straight, bisexual, and, Kat- and Katrina Lenk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But specifically Katrina Lenk singing about Omar Sharif while moving her hair across her top lift like a mustache. And then I saw <laughs> someone else called that the 2018 Ring of Keys moment. Which I don't quite think that it was at that level, only because, like, in, again, like, at my group of people that were watching this, like, I was... I was totally enthralled by it, and everyone else was, like, bored. Okay, I have to say, my mother and my sister are watching it. Um, yeah. My sister's 15, and after that performance, they both texted me, so that's what we're going to go see when we move you to New York in September. And I was wow. like, all right, Mom, if that's what you want, like, I'm <laughs> down. So it was nice to know that it did resonate with an audience other than, like, yeah. our age group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, the band's visit, that was good. Mean Girls did a medley between Meet the Plastics and Where Do You Belong, and they tied them together very, very well. I thought it was a great choice, but it turned out so underwhelming. Yeah, and and they did, They it was smart, and I thought they did it, you know, they stitched the two together really well, but something was off. Something in the execution. They sounded a little breathy, which I hate to say. It sounded like they sped up some things, which probably because like, they were only allotted a certain amount of time, and, and it changed a few lyrics, and it and it didn't yeah. work. Um, the speeding it up, it 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 didn't work, and like Taylor Louderman looked a little out of sorts somehow, and it wasn't bad. It just wasn't what yeah they're doing eight times a week at the August Wilson. I just saw several people tweet after that okay yeah definitely not going to bother seeing that mm-hmm. um so i think that actually may have hurt the show in some ways well i think it's doing okay at the box office so hopefully that and i kept thinking like what could they have done from that show that wouldn't have prompted that reaction and i can't think of anything yeah if they'd only just done that but not had whatever issues clearly were going on like maybe they and i said this earlier in the day like they should have just done stop yeah. Just go all in on Gray Henson and just have done stop because that's, I mean, like having listened, that's probably my favorite number in the show. <laughs> it's probably the best number in the show. Um, but they, and which surprised me then when for SpongeBob, they did I'm Not a Loser, which is just Gavin Lee. Like that is his big showcase. Yeah, that surprised me because it's a great 
piece for him that you didn't see any of Ethan Slater outside of the introduction. Nope. I, like, I was shocked. not a great choice, even though he knocked it out of the park. I was shocked that they did that because like, I would have assumed they would have done Bikini Bottom Day because it's the big opening number and it shows off the costumes and they could have shown off the set or some of the set and like you know really show off the ensemble because it is a great ensemble. You know, I don't want to start any rumors here because I really know nothing about it. Okay. <laughs> but I know that the show isn't doing super well at the box office. Oh. So if this performance isn't the one to sell it, I would not be stunned to hear that it's closing in the near future. I wow. have to say, I know this might be a bit controversial, but I actually found the SpongeBob performance so just unappealing. Really? Like, it confirmed for me oh. that I have literally no interest in the show. Um, and I know that part of that is because I never watched Spongebob growing up. <laughs> um, so I don't have like the sentimental nostalgic attachment to it that a lot of people sure. have. I think. But it just, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm definitely not going to spend money on that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I didn't watch it growing up either. Um, and I was actually very like not into seeing the show at all. But then when the reviews came out and they were like on the good side and then Friends I know that saw it came back and said that they really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I ended up really liking it a lot more than I thought I would. I just feel like it, it, it's not my priority after all of those performances. Yeah, that, and that's fair. I, I love that number. I think the lyrics are really fun. And the, the, the whole the concept, those, um, those costumes with the, um, with the little uh, plankton on the gloves, they just tickle me. And I love the four-legged tap. It doesn't work quite as well as I think they thought it would, but I think it's so clever and different. And Gavin Lee is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, going ahead, we need to speed along through the rest of these if we yes. want to cover all of them. Uh, Frozen, they did First Time in Forever and Let It Go. That was pretty much expected. And they did a fine job. Yeah. Like Frozen, I loved it as a movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have any interest in seeing it as a show after this performance. How did the two of you feel? Oh, my God. I was like, okay, after Band's visit, that's my next priority. <laughs> all right. So a range of reactions here. I am a huge fan of Frozen, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as <laughs> no one is surprised by that, probably, as I've said, I have a much <laughs> younger sister. Um, so it, it really resonated with me. And seeing that, I was like, yes, I need to go see Patty. I need to go see Casey. Mm-hmm. I thought that Let It Go was better than anything we ever saw Idina do live. Agreed. It's better than anything she did live, but I don't think it's as good as her in the movie. See, but also she was never able to recreate that performance. <sighs> Yeah. So that's you know what I mean? Like how much help did she have? She optioned that up. I was like, All right, I recognize you as my queen now. You are the only leader I recognize. <laughs> so I really enjoyed that they found a way to showcase both of them as well. Yeah. Um, I was really happy to see that they didn't, you know, just pick one over the other because I do feel like Casey's been a little bit overlooked um probably because of how the show is written agreed but it was really nice to see them both get kind of equally shown and it was so nice to see so many of the costumes and i'm obsessed with the spin that was cool that puppet is amazing (laughs) yeah this Sven is like really really great except if once you get used to the fact that he has no eyes like the, the, the eyes are just a black void. Um, 
which is the one thing that kind of bothered me, but the puppetry of that is amazing. Um, and I, I've seen Frozen, so like I didn't really need to be convinced one way or another. Um, but I sort of figured going in, like, there's no way, like, those are the, the two choices for them to do, basically. Okay. And I was glad that they did both because I think... Casey kind of deserved that moment to be like, you didn't nominate me for leading actress in a musical. Fuck you, Tony Fodors. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you have Once on this Island with Alex Newell. The most fabulous fuck you to the Tony Voters. Oh my yeah, God. like, you don't invite me? Well, I'm coming anyway. Honestly. And that was stunning. And I'm just still shook over seeing a goat. Yes. Like in that space. <laughs> I love that goat, but... The performance itself, you have everything from Alex knocking out of the park, Haley hitting that amazing note. Yeah. And you have this guy, Isaac Powell, come out and start dancing, and everyone's like, whoa, who's this? I was like, who is that? <laughs> yes, that's the, the love interest. <laughs> but I was shocked because when they first started filming the number, I was like, did they just... Are they filming live from Circle in the Square? Like, I thought that too. They did just, just completely recreated it, and I didn't realize until they showed like some of the um, people like walking in the audience. I was shocked. I was like, they really did that, and I was like, oh please, please God, let this win Best Revival. <laughs> And then it I think did. it honestly would look kind of bad if they'd pulled that out and then uh-huh. not won. <laughs> That's like when they did uh, the song from the hunting ground at the Oscars with Lady Gaga. Aww. And they gave the song to, uh, what's his face? Or Spectre. Oh, uh, yeah. Name. You know who I mean. Let's not get started on that year, though. <laughs> Once on this island, very well done. Then you have the other two revivals, Carousel and My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. Carousel did Blow High, Blow Low, show off Justin Peck's choreography. Yeah, they could have included uh, some of the other cast members and done something like June is Busting Out All Over, but I think this was a great performance. I That's my favorite number in the show. And, like, I was, like, I was shocked that it was such a controversial choice from, like, pe- friends of mine on Twitter. <laughs> and I was like, but, like, but the dancing, the dancing, the dancing is the star of this revival. Right, and he had just one choreography, so it's a way to show off what was rewarded. And these incredible dancers, like, who, like, have those pants and have those asses, like, you know, we're all only human here. Like, come on. How can you be so against this? (laughs) After that, there was My Fair Lady, or maybe that was before that, whatever it was. Uh, You had Rain in Spain, I Could Have Danced All Night, mm-hmm. which really is great for Lauren Ambrose. I hope the two of you enjoyed her as much as I did. I was sh- blown away by her voice. Operatic. I, like, I've heard her sing before, but not like that. It, it was, yeah. I thought she was fantastic. Nicole, were you impressed by her? I thought she was good, but like, it's not the performance that I came out of the night thinking about. Okay. And a couple of my friends noted this. Like, She seemed to be pushing really hard. That's what I noticed as well. I do say, though, I really, really, really enjoyed the fact that they did the medley of the three songs and really showed off different things. Yes. The first time they started, I was like, is this... Is this what they're they're doing? Rain in Spain, <laughs> um, and then they went into that. Ended up that and I was like, get him to the church on time. Okay, that makes so much. They more did sense. not even include Norbert Leo Butts doing a tap dance on a table. So <laughs> you have to go to Lincoln Center if you want to see. If you get an idea of how manic that performance is, that was insane. And like, but although like I suddenly like I 
that was the show that I most wanted to see going out of it just to answer the question, why are there men in can-can outfits in this number? <laughs> yes, I was sitting almost on the stage, so the men in uh, the can-can number were jumping up right next to me. Uh, oh, my God. Because it's a crazy situation. Everyone's drunk, and they pop up out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know the exact reasoning for that, but it's just like, hey, everyone's drunk. Have a good time. Uh, and then the final one was uh, Summer, which I didn't think the staging was anything spectacular, but the Shans really sold it. Lashans is a goddess. She really seemed like Donna Summer from The Voice and the look. She really, really made it work. And Ariana DeBose. I was like listening to them. Like they each sounded like different iterations of Donna Summer. I was kind of shocked. I watching it. I immediately wanted to go see it because I wanted to see the costumes and the dancing and to hear more of these women. Yeah, I will listen to the album when that mm-hmm. comes out. I was yeah. thrilled with that. I was so thrilled. I actually was like, wow, I'd actually really like to see this. Um, <laughs> definitely if they put out an album, we'll be listening to that. And I was just so impressed. And it was one of the you know numbers of the night that was just like, I was honestly kind of sat here. Granted, it was like 3 a.m. And I'm sat here like kind of dancing along to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was so nice. And it was the kind of number two that I feel like we weren't going to get from any other show this season. So it was nice to have that included, like a big, flashy, you know, jukebox number. Mm-hmm. And you know who really enjoyed that number when they cut to her in the audience? Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> if it pleases the queen, Laurie Metcalf, then it pleases Yes. <laughs> yes. So those were all the shows, and then really quickly you had the In Memoriam performed by the cast Dear Evan Hansen, which I hate to say it, but when they came out on stage all standing in the front, dressed in like black suits, mm-hmm. it looked like they were at a memorial for Ben Platt's run as Evan Hansen. <laughs> oh, that's... Aww. <laughs> like, oh, Ben's not here anymore. He's off filming his movie in Canada. We have to have a memorial for his run. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Like, I no. will say I was very relieved because at first they'd announced, you know, and I'd seen people on social media t- at the rehearsal talking about them performing, and I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, why is Dear Evan Hansen performing? Because the millennials. <laughs> well, oh, God. But so Don't. I felt that was, like, actually a really good use of it, and it was... yeah. It was lovely. The right place for them to be performing. Yeah, it worked well in the context, so no problem with having them there. Maybe that'll be a trend where they have the cast of a show come to perform, which honestly wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. I like that idea, as long as it's in that kind of context. Agreed. So that's pretty much the show. Is there anything else before we go, or did we pretty much cover everything we need to? Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Um, Can I just say I loved the bit where Sarah and Josh were doing their, like, you know, fake Harry Potter magic tricks. I thought that was yes. the coolest visual thing to have in there and such a nice way to bring in one of the plays a bit more. Yes. Um, I just thought that was so cute and, like, a really good kind of gag to do something from Cursed Child. I love that, yeah. And then they also had the angel from Angels in America. <laughs> that was so funny. I wish they had followed up on that, but I, <laughs> I know that they kind of couldn't because it would they have been really the mean. Come during the Bruce Springsteen number. I know. <laughs> oh, God. Nothing could have made me happier. <laughs> no, that would have been funny. So how about you, Dan? Anything else? Did we miss anything? Um, no, I don't think we missed anything. I just like, I, I came out of the Tonys as I usually do, just like loving theater that much more 
And I think that it does a better job of making people excited about the art form it's celebrating than just about any other awards show. And that's why it's my favorite. Yeah, I got into awards through the Oscars. They will always hold mm-hmm. a near and dear place in my heart. But the Tonys are by far the most entertaining for me. Because you really feel a part of that community as you're watching it. It's not just seeing everyone perform up there. It's having a sense of, hey, this is something that I could become a part of too if I really wanted to. I think there's also the fact that I think it's very, you know, it's kind of more like the Grammys in a way in that even if you don't know anything about one of the nominees going in, at least for musicals, you'll get to see them perform and have an idea of what it is whenever you see them winning something. Right. They are proving to you why they're worthy of a nomination. Exactly. Which I think is such a nice thing to have. And I think that's why I enjoy it so much more than, say, the Oscars or something like that. Yeah, for sure. Totally. I think that covers it. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this post-Tony's recap episode. As a matter of fact, thank you to all the listeners who have followed us over these past three episodes. I hope I speak on behalf of Nicole and Dan in saying that we so enjoyed putting these episodes together for you all to hear. Absolutely. Yes. And also, a little update here for people wondering. We are in the process right now of working on a few ideas to keep the Next Best Theater podcast going strong throughout the year and not just during Tony's season. So be sure to stay tuned for updates on that. We will give you notice as soon as plans are in motion. But in the meantime, Nicole, where can our lovely listeners find you on the internet? I am at Nicole Ackman 16 on Twitter and Instagram. And Dan, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at Danson Dan on film. Great. And once again, I am Michael Schwartz. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Movie. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and CastBox. Be sure to check out everything going on over at Next Best Picture. And since this is a theater podcast, we encourage you to get out and see a show. You have all these great nominees and winners that are on Broadway still. So get up there or just go to your local regional theater, Broadway touring company, whatever you have, and see something. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stay tuned, and we will see you all next time. Grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.